everybody back again another episode of fish around and find out yep. got josh mikey g we got a couple of special guests with us today guys that we've known for a while we've got greg westall jr you'll probably refer to hear us refer to him as junior just because that's what we've called him for years and we've got steven andrus uh, both these guys are uh quote unquote urban anglers oh yeah they're and very good friends of mine of the club of uh well, josh i think you've known steven for a i've known steven for because okay. what you brought him to the club what first couple of years ago probably yeah it's, he's, he's three or four yeah. years now yeah, yeah. yeah. he's taking some of y'all's money yes he has <laughs> but like always i want to thank y'all guys for coming out we're at fish tackle marine again here on austin highway will thanks for having us as usual man and thank you will and uh, hopefully you know We'll be able to uh, have a good show. So, all right, guys, let's get right into it. Like we we literally just called y'all urban anglers, but I think to an extent, what y'all do isn't too different the way most people start off fishing. It's just the setting that y'all do it in. I mean, I can think of all of pretty much everybody who's ever held a rod and reel has that experience of, hey, I just went down to this little pond or this little creek and just fished. Now. If you grew up in the country, it was might have been some stock pond, not yeah. some city park in San Antonio, Texas. But ultimately, I think really what sets y'all apart is the setting more than what y'all are actually, I shouldn't say than what y'all are doing, but the drive and stuff is the same. Very, the, sim- very, very similar. similar, but the setting is different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's either a country pond or out in the northwest side for junior growing up, right? Or when your dad takes them to Dina Lake or it's uh, Steven in front of La Gloria down at the Pearl. Yeah, exactly. Three pounders in yeah, front Steven's of, like, catching tourists, three you know? pounders yeah. while they're <laughs> drinking margaritas and eating <laughs> sopapillas, dude. Yeah, exactly. On a hollow body frog. Yeah. And like, nobody knows these fish exist. Now we're going to have to expose them to your shit. Dude. No, exactly. <laughs> but before we do all that, let's let these guys introduce themselves. Absolutely. Right, go, go ahead. Junior, start with Junior. Yeah, so uh, like you said, I'm an urban angler, I guess, but uh, that's really only just because I can't stand not to fish. And it's <laughs> yep. just, it's the thing that's right there. I mean, I, I can do it pretty much every day. I mean, before or after work, I'm somewhere throwing a bait, uh, whether it be in a creek or a pond or whatever. I just I just want to catch fish every day of my life. Yeah, honest. No, that's, yeah. <laughs> there, dude, thought- there's no doubt about your passion. I remember fishing the Friday nighters back in the day when you were like 12 years old showing up and oh, yeah. you were more dedicated than all of us were at 20 and 30. It was crazy. Yeah, that was actually the reason they ended up making a rule out there that you couldn't fish before the tournament because I would be out there on the dock fishing <laughs> before the tournament started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I caught a six pounder one time and they were not happy about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you were fishing before a Friday nighter before the tournament, you were sitting out there in 105 degrees on Medina. Oh, Lake yeah. trying, like it got, it, like even at 730 was blazing hot. So oh, you yeah. had a passion to be out there before the tournament like you know oh, yeah. there's something wrong with you dude. i'd be waiting <laughs> i would actually wait for my dad to pick me up for friday night tournaments nice, i yeah. would go to taft high school and i would wait on the corner of, uh, right there where they built that uh the uh little uh what do you call it, the trailer park whatever right oh yeah, yeah yeah i'll wait right there at the corner and he would pick me up from there wow. i'd be waiting there for an hour in the sun like you said yeah. just chilling yeah. Yeah, I didn't care. Like you said, I was, I was going to the Friday night tournaments. So I, I was going fishing. I didn't care what it took me yep. to get there. Exactly. No, so that's nice. often. So really, the the inner city fishing or just the pond hopping, whatever you want to call it, that's just a way for you to keep fishing when you're oh, not yeah. at a big lake. Because I mean, a big you yeah. have a big boat and uh, you do the whole deal. Kayak and all that stuff. 
it's just a way for you to keep a line in the water. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yep. In That's fact, awesome. I mean, me and my dad, we didn't really fish urban style fishing very much growing up. We yeah, went out yeah, to yeah. rivers and stuff, we went to lakes, but we didn't really fish urban stuff. That's really more of a recent thing, honestly. It's just really? become, wow. I'm just so ate up with fishing still at this age that I just, I want to catch a fish every day. There's like something I said. wrong with awesome. you. Yeah. There's something terribly wrong with you. And on that, we'll, we'll ask, because there's something terribly wrong. Like, I thought you only had this sickness, Steven. I was like, there's no, there's nobody else out there that throws a line in the water every, every day. single day of his life. But I just, I didn't, I fished with you for two years on, on the elites or not on the elite series, yeah. but on the elite bass club. And I didn't know that you literally fished every day. Dude, that's news to Almost me. every single day. Oh yeah. And same for you, Stephen, right? You don't fish three, 65 but what would you say and introduce yourself please by the way yeah so yeah my name is steven andrus and uh i uh i guess too i am considered an urban angler um, <laughs> no you're really an urban <laughs> angler. yeah you're more hard yeah, you're, you're the urban you're angler, the urban angler. I, yeah. I, I like i like uh, i like to be on the concrete one because my mom says i can't get wet and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I wear expensive shoes uh, <laughs> but um yeah I think that uh, I think that I would say probably uh, not, not 365, but close. Yeah. Um, there's some years over that, 300 easy. Yeah. There's oh, some. There's right? actually. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go months where it's like you know every day this month I fished. Um, and on the contrary to wanting to catch a fish every time I go out, Greg, I do catch a fish every time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Shots fired. I love it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, That's the difference. No, much respect. But seriously, I've been in the boat with this guy before when I tell him, like, he'll, he'll go smash 15 pounds at the San Antonio River, you know, and spend no gas and ride yeah. his bike down there. And then he goes with you and, and you'll then catch he goes, six. Dude, true story. <laughs> true fucking story. We go to Choke Canyon and I'm out there fishing offshore and this guy's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, let's just go to the river and catch some fish and we go. And, you know, sometimes the chime's out there and sometimes it sucks and y'all both went in my boat on both sides of that right yeah. so anyway yeah. you mean to cut you off but yes yeah, you're not lying yeah. dude. you catch fish I, he does catch fish every time he throws and, because, because you got him pinpointed in a fucking stock pond that you only know about it's called the san antonio <laughs> river dude, so whatever dude. well but and then it's not and it's not only the san antonio river but i mean there, there are yeah. quite a few places here in san antonio where you just again my thing is uh when i fish uh, i know that i'm going to catch these fish yeah it's 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 not about I don't have to figure them out. Yeah. I've been doing it so long that I've got an arsenal and yeah. it's small. Yeah. And I know it's going to work. Which is important. And I can <laughs> I can pinpoint the days that I go out and I don't catch things. It's yeah. very few, and I'm only out for like an hour. Like yeah. if I if I go an hour without catching them, my head's not one. My head's not in the right place. Yeah. And two, it just wasn't. It's not a day that I'm going to spend two more hours trying to catch sure. them. Sure. My head's telling me like, dude, you have stuff to do. Yeah. Like get out of here. Yeah. So. That's why I can't do 365 because wow. I do feel like it's a selfish thing if I'm out there all the freaking time yeah. to do something that I know I can do at any given time, yeah. any given point. If I want to go out and catch fish, let's go. We'll go do it. Yeah. And I'll catch one and I'll be like, okay, cool. I got my fill. Yeah. And it is like a breath of air for me. That sure. like, all right, cool. Nice, Gets nice. me to the next point. Very cool, man. One of my fondest memories with you is that me and me and my family, my son and my daughter and, and Marisa, we met, we saw you down at 
uh, La Gloria right by the Pearl, right? And I was like, man, you catch fish here? And he just kind of gave me this glance like, what do you, if I'm <laughs> here, guy. you think like, yeah. so I, I think I had a rod in my truck or something. And then I gave it to my son and he casted a shaky head in there and caught like a three pounder on his first cast. And then and Steven just looks at me like, that's what lives here, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was just really cool. So, but yes, like literally in the middle of where everybody travels to San Antonio to eat tacos and drink margaritas you're you're, you're catching yeah, they're, they're, tournament they're, quality bags dude. They're, they're so it's man, crazy. It's, it, yeah it's good yeah very cool very cool and then you and so what we talked about a little bit before we started recording is how these guys are very similar now we find out that they both fish over 300 days a year easily yeah. over 300 days a year uh for steven it is very much so that he lives downtown san antonio basically and and junior i'm finding out it's just because you can't drive to choke canyon every day or to medina yeah. lake <laughs> that you started heading more urban style angling yeah exactly. and then the, but the other difference is is that junior you record everything you do and you share it well not everything you do not everything yes of course there has to be days where you don't it's a yeah lot of work. so yeah. junior you're worn out if you just keep doing the same thing yeah like yeah that. and you've had a you've had a youtube channel for a few years yeah, now but, right i think two years going on three probably yeah two nice. going on three and yeah. go ahead what what's the youtube yeah, channel dude for guys it. that want to check out yeah it's called a relentless pursuit of bass it's kind of a long name when I when I made it, I knew that it probably wasn't the best for <laughs> for people to remember, or whatever. But it was just the most descriptive of of what it is. Like I said, like I just I can't not go catch fish. Like I, yeah. I can't not do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the relentless thing for me. Like I can't stop. It's hey, we'll we'll just shorten it to RPD. Yeah, yeah. no, don't do that. No, but I've 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 watched your videos the whole time you put them out, and yeah. I mean I enjoy them, and I. I, I guess the main reason I started watching them is because it's well, it's somebody I know making them. So yeah. that always had yeah. that special connection. It's like, dude, I've been fishing against this guy or with him for, you know, 10 years. So, and I mean, dude, some of the stuff you do is awesome. Like wading the Nueces river up there and stuff. And dude, those frog bites and stuff y'all get oh, in that yeah. grass up there is friggin' nuts. Oh, yeah. And big fish. Like people are like, Oh, the Nueces. Yeah. The like you're out there wind. fishing with your dad and y'all are holding up five pounders. Yeah. Like it, we ain't talking about 12 inch bass. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No, that's nuts, dude. Uh, I was going to just, Oh, real quick. So, uh on your youtube channel like what is what when are there, there days where you go to shoot now because you've been doing it for a while i'm sure you've had to decipher like hey today i need headspace and i'm going out there for clarity and right. center right yeah. and there are certain days where you just you feel it or is it because of the need of content or what do you feel is the main like change of how you go out and approach your fishing day to mm. record or to not record well like you said especially just if i feel like i just need a day to be relaxed yeah i i it's kind of weird. I feel like a pressure almost on myself when I'm recording to, yeah. get to perform or whatever. Of course. Yeah, Even though, like, I didn't start the channel to make money or whatever. It's literally just to chronicle my my fishing or whatever. But now that some of you guys watch it and stuff, yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of a weird pressure Change that I put on myself. To like, I don't want to look stupid almost, right? Like, yes. I want to perform for the yeah. people that are watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. but if I don't want to feel that pressure, I'm like, I just want to go catch. Just fish. don't I, take I, the I just, camera. I just don't take the camera. Yeah. And I have to do that too. I have to not because at first, I'd sometimes I would bring it. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, I better, I better put it on just in case something crazy happens today. Yeah. Yeah. So now I have to just leave it at home and be like, no, dude. And like, I'm, you need, yeah. and you I'm need sure there's those times where you smash a giant. And yeah. You're like, dude, yeah. Sometimes, but but I've gotten used to it. Where it's like, you know what? It just wasn't meant to happen. Exactly. It's okay. Yeah. Like like yeah, that wasn't supposed to be reported. That was yeah. just for me. That was and, for and me. And to go back and real quick, go back to your name. 
I love your name because I know you. And like the other nickname for this this uh, this podcast being on Wednesday nights is it's Wednesday night church service, dude. So <laughs> and, and yeah. we are the first church of nothing but the truth, dude. So, <laughs> so don't name your channel something that doesn't speak to what, yeah, yeah. like the fibers of your being. And and that's why it's called that is because that's all you do. Like there's this relentless, uncontrollable sickness that you right. wake up with every you wake up with every morning that you got to go catch a fish today or you're like you're i don't not, feel right yeah exactly yeah. so that's that that's 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 an amazing name dude um so well, let's jump back on steven real quick dude because i know like we're he he brought you brought or josh brought up frog bites up the noises dude and i've seen this guy with hollow body frogs dude in the thick of it so talk about a little bit steven like like how are you catching your fish and what and you're not recording anything you do and me and steven actually because i'm a small business owner I pushed this guy for a little while when San Antonio started blowing up and growing and we started seeing people. I was like, dude, make money off of these people, dude. Like you could do <laughs> yeah. guys. Like I know some guides, you know, the, oh, the yeah. you know, the co-owner of the, or the co the, the, the maker of this podcast, Josh next to us is a guy like people come to the, and they're looking for shit to do. Like, why not just charge him like something? And he's like, no, dude, I, I don't do that. Dude. Like this is, this is very personal to me. You don't get it. So if you could speak on that a little bit. Well, and Greg had mentioned a minute ago, right? Yeah. When, when he says some days that he just, you know, he started out doing it and just kind of uh, chronicling his his uh, experience with it. But then people come up to him, friends like y'all, and it, it changes it. Yeah. And, and I didn't want it to be changed for me. Yeah, there's money to be made. Sure. But on the other side of it, what needs to be done to make that money, I didn't want it. You're not trading stress for money. Yeah. Basically. So. Um, I, yeah, Mike, Mike would always, great ideas. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he had a, he had a point. It just wasn't me. Um, and it would have definitely robbed me of the experience, um, because I'm in my head about it mm -hmm. and I wouldn't, that that's why I fish is to get out of my head. Sure. So if I have to be conscious, uh, and, uh, uh enjoying the moment, yeah. I, I, I can't. Sure. And so it just wouldn't have worked. And, and, and then I would have, I would have let too many people down. So better just to say, <laughs> you know, make up an excuse that like, no, it's but a spiritual thing for me, which it is a spiritual thing for me, but, uh, more so I, I, I didn't want to take it down an avenue that I knew that it was not going to be down yeah. a true avenue for me. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I respect that a lot about that, oh, about yes. you too, because, if you notice, I think a lot of people, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. I mean, like I'm looking at all of us. We all work regular jobs outside mm -hmm. of fishing, mm -hmm. outside of this podcast. I work a regular job outside of my guiding business on the weekends, you know, and there's something relaxing and just allows you to get away that the minute you kind of start trying to monetize that or trying to publicize that, you don't get that you don't get that freeing sensation anymore that you got when, Hey, you know what, dude, I'm going to go down to the Creek or the river. I'm going to go to this pond. I'm going to put my so my phone on silent for an hour and I'm just going to kick back. And I noticed like, of course, all of us are social media people. You know, we all have social media and follow all the things. And I think I noticed if you notice the guys that are professional fishermen, how much of them are avid like deer hunters and stuff too, because that's their time in the off season. They recharge their batteries. Like you hear so many of them talk about like, dude, I literally just go sit in this tree for like six hours and I don't have to talk to anybody. I can think I can do whatever. And I, I really respect the way you've kept your fishing as your time to soul search, relax, whatever you want to call it. And you just do that. Yeah. Cause if you have a space and there's, it's a limited amount of space, 
like you said, yeah. if you work during the week and you have the weekends off to guide and you're trying to, in those 24 hours to occupy that space in a way that uh, one recharges you, it rejuvenates you, it, it gives you peace or, you know, whatever on a positive side, the moment you add other aspects to it, then obviously scientifically, it's going to take away and eliminate the other spaces. Absolutely. There, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, for sure. And I for think, sure. and, and it, I'm excited to hear Junior, because it kind of sounds like ever since starting your YouTube deal where you were, you know, just just basically tracking your fishing experiences, right. you've kind of been able to find that balance between mm -hmm. sure. what I want to shoot for the channel and stuff, and then what I just want to go do for me. Yeah. And that's, that, that's awesome, man. I like that a lot. And, and how are these days, Junior, with your with the, with your channel? Like, do you are do you have, do you put any type of like? Because um, even like before this podcast started, we're like, hey, what's the? And we've been talking more about um, like how to have better um, like structure. Um, but then, like, I love it. Like this, right? Like, let's just talk about fishing, dude. How about that? You know? And I love that because I love the magic that comes out of that. It so is. I, I wonder, like, for you. Um, is there any like structure that you try to hold yourself to like at least one a month or is it just pure magic now? Like when I feel it, I post it and when I don't, I'm fishing. Yeah, it's pretty much just when I feel it. Like I said, I, I, I sometimes go through long periods of time where I don't feel like recording mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just a day or two. I mean, it, it just depends on, you know, things going on in life and stuff or whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just need to chill a little more. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you feel like putting in some work. And what, and what I notice about that is, cause I notice the same thing like in my fishing too when life is going good it makes me like like i can imagine like like with this podcast right i mean we've this is going to be the 20th episode so we haven't been doing it that long but i've noticed like when life's going good when work's going good there's no pressure things are just rolling like i'm excited hey let's go do the podcast let's do this but then like when Wednesday hits and it's been a hell of a week already, I'm just like, yeah. man, I wish I could just go home. Like, and, and, and so, yeah. and, so I can see where, you know, there is pressure. And I think that's, I think that's human nature to an extent because I look at the amount of pressure I put on myself, like my, my tournament partner and I, Kyle talk about all the time, you know, we do so much preparation for tournaments and fishing tournaments and stuff. Like even this past April, you know, they have the double header bass champs and, we go out and win the first day, we should have been ecstatic. Like we were, don't get me wrong, yeah. but we weren't able like to, exhausted or what? no, no, no. Like that was so cool about the first one because there wasn't a tournament the next day. I see. We were able to just live it up. It didn't matter, you know, it, it, and then all of a sudden we win the second one, but because there's a tournament the next day, it's back, right dude, by, by like eight o'clock, we're already like, in okay, what mode. are we going to do tomorrow? We're in prep mode. Yeah. And then we're out on the water going, dude, we can't be the guys that just won and don't weigh anything the next day. Yeah, like it's yeah. it, that, that pressure, pressure. That, that immediate pressure just starts mounting. Oh, yeah. And it's not even something you're trying to do, but I think it's just human nature. Yeah. I, you know, I, I catch myself falling into that a lot but you I, would, know? I would say like uh that there, there's two things i would say about that that's good pressure by the way like there's yeah no doubt like good yeah. pressure good stress also as well and then also too i would say like by about the channel because it's new because yeah i've had my you know from speaking from a small business owner's perspective is that's why you pick doing something you like doing like when you whether you're doing it to monetize it like junior saying like it doesn't matter to me but it doesn't but you're not trying to make money on it but now you like you said now there's this weird pressure to keep doing it 
Yeah. Well, it's because you put yourself out there and now you have fans. And so maybe that's some of the pressure that you feel. There's people that are yeah, waiting for you to post yeah. again. And I'm sure you get comments and people are like, hey, Junior, when's the next video coming yeah, out? Yeah, even the, positivity. Yeah, man, even sure. the club sometimes is like, man, it's been a while since Junior's yeah. put videos out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, th- that's cool. But but since you love it, when you even when you don't want to do it, like it it's, it's easier to do because you like doing it. You know oh, what yeah, I'm saying? Sure. And same thing with the podcast. Like for all of us, like, dude, this is new, but I'm having so much fun when I do this. Yeah. Like it, that's what gets us here is that we love. You're, you're exactly yeah. right. I might dread driving over here if I'm having a shitty week. Yeah. But the minute I press that record oh, yeah. button, yeah. it's like all the pressure has gone at that point. So yeah. it's like, let's just roll. And then that then it should shut off the self-inflicted bullshit pressure that like, oh, we're doing this for listens or views or for whatever. Like, no, we're literally documenting our hangout talks with friends that we would be talking with anyway. Yeah. So how does it get easier than that, dude? Well, because I look back and, you know, Steven, you've fished with Mike plenty of tournaments. Junior, you've fished hundreds of tournaments in your life. And I look at all the stuff like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the tournaments. I love fishing tournaments. But my favorite part of fishing the tournament is the Friday night and everybody's standing out by the boat drinking cold beers and barbecuing and every, and we're just sitting here basically doing what we're doing with this microphone in our face right now. 100%. Catching up with, hey, Junior, what you been doing? Or, Mike, you haven't seen you in a while. And it, it's almost kind of like, you know, that, and that's what I wanted this podcast to be was this was going to be my weekly, like, some guys go to the bar every Wednesday and hang out with their buddies and yeah. throw darts or play shuffleboard or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, this is this is my bar. This is, yeah. you know. This is your Friday night before the tournament. Exactly. Uh-huh. It allows yeah. me yeah. to do it every week. Well, yeah. well, yeah, because those tournaments, those only happen at best once a month. Yeah. And, if you're only, yeah. yeah or, and then maybe once a quarter if you don't fish that much. And it was like, how do we do this on a weekly basis? Well, let's just invite people we would talk to. Yeah, exactly. Like, because yeah, I, I, look at, I look at, you know, someone like you, Stephen. I mean. Dude, if it wasn't for the tournaments, I would never get to sit down and talk shop with you just yeah. based on where I live, where you live, what you do for a living, what I do for a living. I mean, I, we'd, we'd be lucky to get together once or twice a year, it seems like. But yeah. I wanted this to just kind of be that that recreation of what we all like to do. For and, sure. you know, I grew up in a I grew up in a family that hunts and fishes a bunch. And I always relate fishing back to hunting a lot, too or I even relate it back to golf because I spent a bunch of time in the golf industry and yeah, playing in the golf tournament was fun, but sitting in the clubhouse for an hour after the round of golf, drinking beers, telling stories, (laughs) dude, you should have seen this shot. This guy hit over this tree and over the water. Like that's the fun part. And that's, that's what I wanted to recreate. And the reason I was so excited to have you two guys on the podcast was because doing what you all do just, throwing your rod in the back of your car and driving down to the river or driving down to the pond, y'all are able to, y'all's passion for it is just as strong as an avid tournament angler, but it's different at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's just as strong. And that's what I was really interested in hearing, you know, like what drives you guys? I mean, it's, you don't, you don't realize it. You know, I, I, I think back at three years ago, when I first, well, I've been living it where I live now for five years. And I guess it was about three or four years ago, we had a big flood out by the house, not a big flood, but our neighbor, his pond overflowed and then came over the dam and went down into the bar ditch and the side of the thing. And our neighbor, my wife's cousin calls us and he's like, Hey, 
there's some bass in this bar ditch down here right by the house. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, they're going to die. Like, I want to catch them and go put them in the pond. And I'm like, okay, so what did I do, dude? I grabbed the spinning rod and the shaky head with a trick worm, dude. And I'm standing on the side of the road in this concrete bar ditch. I mean, dude, this thing isn't any bigger than like two king size beds, but flip that shaky head in there and he bites it. And it didn't matter. That bite was just as good as any tournament. Like it was crazy. And I think that's what y'all, that's that. That's that passion that y'all have from the outside that isn't related to any kind of tournament, isn't related to any kind of it's – what did we talk about last week with the guy? The tug's the drug, right? Tug's the drug, dude. Yeah, same, same. That, that, that's the truth. And so, like – but I know we'll have to break for the first segment here. we got, like – what is it, like seven minutes left, Josh? Six yeah, minutes? five, six minutes. We'll keep uh, Steven, we'll start with you, and then we'll pick up with Junior. But, like, just tell us where it started, dude. Where did the sickness start? Oh man, so I um, I grew up on the northeast side, um, a little neighborhood called Sierra North, uh, El Dorado Elementary, go Mustangs, uh, years <laughs> yes. ago. Um, and there was a, we called it the El Dorado Lake. Uh, not, real and, quick, Stephen, how old are you, real quick? Uh, 48. 48, all right. Yeah, cool. so um, it, it's 40, probably 40 years. I've 40. Been. Okay. Um, it started 40 years ago. I was probably about eight years old. Um, there was a, uh, a two ponds. Um, one, it was a, a YMCA pool and right outside of the pool, there was a little pond. And while my siblings would go swim, they were older than me. Um, I was at the pond and then I found across the street, of course, it was a busier street to me uh, being an eight year old. So I couldn't cross it. But when I found out that I could get over there, um, it was bigger. There was a lot more access. Um, I, I just, I started fishing there. And of course, figuring it out then was like, I feel like I can empathize empathize with the people who are learning now yeah um because i was trying to figure it out i was yeah. throwing I, anything and everything well, but this was first, again but who gave you your ago. first rod who gave you your first rod so there's a guy that grew up across the street from me um his name was randy and uh he actually got me into fly fishing first okay. All right. um he was he was doing fly fishing with poppers at this pond and i was like dude what are you doing right for bass yeah um and then and then so then of course i took trips with my parents every year and and we'd go to rivers in the in, in the west colorado and california okay. and all that stuff and so i was doing more fly fishing um but i and simultaneously i was doing fly fishing and bass fishing uh and bluegill fishing and anything that you could think of pond fishing yeah um but that's i feel like that's what started it and uh, it, it figuring it out on my own because all i had was this guy basically telling me everything i was doing was wrong Right, because he was older than me and yeah. he knew whatever. And then, of course, you know, here it is, you know, forty years later, and, and I'm doing pretty much all the things I was doing then, just on a different scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was telling you you were doing things wrong, but you were catching fish, though. Um, no, not 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 necessarily. Just because I I, I wasn't I, I wanted I wanted the immediacy of it. Okay. So so uh, catching a largemouth bass at my age was just not even at eight years old wasn't even a thought. I'm like, no way, bluegill like. So you just wanted to bend in the rod. I just I, the tug is a drug. I just wanted to feel it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, as I got older, and you know, my life, whatever, I went a different direction, and then I got back to it in my probably mid to late twenties, and just been doing it. So then there was a time where you put the rod down from a kid, and like what through late teenage years, early twenties, and then you picked it up. How long did you go without picking up a rod? Uh, fifteen. 10 to 15 years 10 to 15 years oh, yeah wow. where where i it, wow. like fishing wasn't even a part of my yeah. life okay. like it was wow you know sex wow. drugs and rock and roll okay. <laughs> honest, yes. you know? yeah yeah um, for sure and you're, you're and, out there getting it and then and then again you just you all it takes is that it, whether it was a dream whether it was a thought 
you just remember what it was and and then so after after living a life of debauchery and sex drugs and rock and roll and having your way with whatever you wanted to do when was the next time you picked up a rod and you're like oh shit this is this is where it's at this is what gets me back this to what I meant to be. yeah yeah well, yeah probably how long ago was that and do you remember when that happened i'd say uh, it probably less than 15 years ago mm. oh wow less so probably early 30s early 30s yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 30 yeah early 30s 35 mid early to mid 30s sure. a buddy of yours throw a rod in your hand and you hooked another fish and no you like... i um uh I, honestly man i'd probably come off a breakup and i i, I went out with i started hanging out with a buddy of mine who i've known since middle or since elementary school grew up with him he was a little younger than, than i was um we we happened to be out at a, at a at a state park and uh, we saw some fish and I was like, man, let's, let's catch those fish. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just like, it just came like, it was like, it was new, but obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some people see a fish in a river and just admire that gorgeous little thing. And Steven's like, I'm going to put a hook in that fish. So <laughs> yeah. Bring him out here. Yeah. Like I want to catch it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to destroy that fish real quick. No, I'm <laughs> no, that's crazy. No, dude. but that, that's crazy how you can go for so long and then just one little instant, just turn around and flip the light switch back. And it turned off that quickly as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like something, yeah. you know, she Junior. came along and I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And Junior's waiting when that, when it turns off because it hasn't happened for him since no. he's been born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's cool. So let's go ahead and I'm going to close down this first segment. And then when we get back on Junior, I want to hear yeah. kind of your, how you got started going into this, man. Right, right, out, we'll right out of the womb is how we got started. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so we're back, second segment. Um, we ended the first segment with Stephen, you kind of just talking about your deal. You know, you got into it young age, and then you ended up kind of, I don't want to say wandering away from it, but maybe wandering, you know, like what at Crocodile Dundee, you went on a walkabout for a little while and then came, <laughs> then came back yeah. to it, you know. But, I mean, you know, but like we talked a little bit off air there, Mike. Like you said, it's just kind of uh, – might not even it wasn't even necessarily self-inflicted or anything it's it's just life and as and as you grow up your your interests change your everything change and you know now want to bring it back to junior here you know you you're still young junior how old are you well, I'm not that young. I'm 33. Dude, yeah. I met you when you were like 11. You're young. <laughs> I still picture that 12-year-old kid, you know. But yeah. uh but you know so like you when you got started naturally you come from a diehard fishing oh, yeah. family yeah i mean you're you know your dad westall senior and then of course your uncle tim and then your other uncle right uncle butch, butch yep. yeah did and you, then did your grandfather fish did your grandfather fish oh yeah okay you know you mentioned that i've heard your dad say that multiple times yeah like butch was just one of those guys that like catch a fish in a bathtub oh yeah just, he, he roped a fish in a, in a river one time roped it literally made a noose and roped the fish's tail yeah no that's that's crazy so so i mean you grew up fishing from i mean like we we joked you were probably fishing in the womb you know wait you you were mad at your mom when the water broke because there went the lake i was fishing in you know yeah but uh but you know kind of how how did all this come about for you oh man my first uh, memories of fishing i could barely stand in the river (laughs) and uh in fact, uh, my brother one time, uh, my brother right below me, he used to be ate up with, with fishing as I was, but he just kind of, you know, got out of it or whatever. And he goes there once in a while. But uh, me and him went to the river one time with my dad. And uh, he was so small that he went to cross this uh, little uh, waterfall. 
and he fell and I had to grab him from drowning because it was literally like a 15 foot drop. Oh, wow. And I had to grab him by his shirt and pull him up. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been we've been doing crazy, sketchy things with our dad in the river since we could barely <laughs> even walk. I mean, I, I, I we were probably eight, ten years old walking the, through the, the river. The bad thing is for all of us that know your dad, none of us yeah. are surprised yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, you, you shouldn't be. Yeah, this seems commonplace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so just uh, throwing a popper in the river—that's that's my earliest memories really? of fishing, and I just absolutely loved it. I just I love, like my dad will tell the story a lot to you know all all you guys, and all, yeah. all the old buddies and stuff about how I, I used to. Your, your dad loves to brag about you. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah, he <laughs> you're does. his son, you're his son. Yeah. I used to tell him, you know, look, look look how I'm making that popper dance. Look at that. That fish is gonna. That fish is gonna think that that that, that thing is injured for sure. And I used to just tell him all the time, "Look how good I can make that thing dance." I used to just love watching a popper dance for some reason. No, that's but so. that's that was your art. That was yeah. your paintbrush. Was yeah, exactly. whatever was on the end of that line. Yeah, and it's amazing how the topwater bite it it it's like the number one oh. the number one thing that gets people into fishing. Oh yeah, is it, you you can fish you can fish for the you know whatever your first two or three years you're getting into it or whatever. And then you've never topwater fished. <laughs> the moment you topwater fish and you have a blow up on a topwater, it's like it's starting all over for it's you. It's like the first time. So yeah. I, I think it's amazing that that was kind of his earliest and most fondest memory. Uh, and, uh, you know, probably the most powerful. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I've spent a lot of hours with Junior in the boat, and he likes to catch him on top. Oh, I like oh, yeah. top yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. first memory you have, that's crazy to me. This is your, your earliest Always memory. Always trying to get back to it. Yeah, yeah. is yeah. working a, a bait on top is yep. one of the first. And, like, it's even crazy that you don't remember putting an earthworm on a little hook. You I remember, don't. Like, no. they put they gave you an artificial bait, and you were I, learning I'm how not to even it. sure that I ever did that, to be honest. Yeah. I don't. I think our dad always started us out with, the hardest form of fishing yeah. kind of to be honest i mean we didn't yeah but but your dad was a diehard tournament yeah, fisherman yeah, yeah. so i mean that's what he did was nothing but artificials yeah. and stuff so yeah, naturally I, I it's very natural i could see how that got handed down like no we're not going to stop at walmart and buy a box of earthworms like right. you're going to throw this worm or you're going to throw this spinner bait or this buzz bait and yeah. learn how to fish we're not going to go backwards no. Yeah. Well, and I've always been so competitive anyway, but I didn't. I wouldn't want to do that. I, yeah. I, I no. Would, I would think that's the easy way out, right? Yeah. So I want to catch my dad's catching them. I don't yeah. Want, yeah. I don't exactly. want to throw a worm on did, a hook. Do, 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 do the Westalls ever bait fish? No. 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 I mean, it's always, I, wow. I've always wondered because I have never known y'all to not be just a bass fishing family. Oh, yeah. But I was always curious about that. Like, as like you know, your dad and your uncle Tim and everybody. You know, did y'all ever like? go catfishing or go set jug lines or no, sir. just it, never just always just chasing heads. them green ones huh wow. we ever catch a catfish it's by accident it's by accident same yeah. here same here I only or not them. even by accident i mean they, they hit they hit artificial oh, oh absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like but you but weren't, we weren't targeting, targeting that yeah, 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 yeah for sure dude that's crazy so so you start fishing you're you know you're wading the rivers and stuff with your dad and then when do you think like i mean naturally you jumped up i i look at myself and i'm like okay i bought my first boat when i was 17 or 18 you know and that's kind of when i made the the jump into fishing the little jackpot tournaments and stuff but i mean it's crazy because you were even younger than that oh yeah i started fishing tournaments the friday night tournaments like you said when i was you said 11 i was 
10 years old. Yeah, like, you might have been even younger. Wow. Yeah. Started taking money at a very early yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. no <laughs> doubt. Let me hold something. Yeah, because y'all aren't just fish nuts with like major mental problems about fishing, dude. Like y'all know how to win too. That's the oh, other yeah. thing that they dangerous about the Westalls. And they're and they're very versatile too. You know, like they know multiple ways to catch them. But so like you, we talk about, we were talking about it earlier about like the sitting around at the boat dock and yeah. stuff. Dude, I can remember the Friday nighters would in at midnight. <laughs> We would yeah. get done weighing in about twelve thirty by the time everybody was done. Midnight, by the way. The yeah, midnight. Night, yeah. 12, from seven yeah. to midnight. Yep. We would sit there on the picnic tables till one thirty in the morning, just yep. talking about fishing, and then we'd end up at, at Whataburger, Whataburger at sixteen oh four in Calabria till like <laughs> three thirty in the morning, still talking about fishing. Like That's it was. We got mental problems. Oh, dude, business. it was nuts, this is awesome. man. This is therapy right here, dude. It was crazy. Um, so you you get to the point where you're nine, 10, 11 years old. And then, you know, how does that, how does 10 year old Westall Jr. end up with his own YouTube channel and kind of like growing into your own person as a, I don't want to say a professional angler, but as a tournament angler, you know, because I mean, naturally you got your dad and your uncle who still do it in the club and everything else. But I mean, how did you transform and like, yeah, because I've always wondered that you hear about kids that grow up with a dad that like you hear about these major league sports stars and stuff like of course he's supposed to be good or like sure. I, yeah. I relate it back to I'm a big NASCAR fan you know like how hard was it for Earnhardt Jr. to make his own yeah. name yeah. when your dad's Dale Earnhardt you know like yeah. how hard how hard would it be for Kevin Van Dam's son or like even his nephew Jonathan you know he's got the Van Dam name you know what kind of you know how were you able to branch off and kind of like carve your own path and make your own way well it was kind of hard at the beginning because i've got nine brothers and sisters so <laughs> so i had to take turns a lot going fishing because you know my dad tried to get all of us you know he gave us all the chance you know there was no 10 passenger bass boat y'all no had. exactly <laughs> y'all needed a pontoon <laughs> y'all were digging a lot of hooks out of each other uh, in those days right? yeah. it didn't happen too often that i remember to nice. be honest because yeah, because y'all know how to fish. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I got it. So he was kind of giving each one of y'all y'all's equal due, and to kind of because naturally, out of nine of y'all, not all nine of y'all are gonna enjoy no, it. No, no. So yeah, so instead of you know going to like soccer or t-ball or whatever, he would. We were a fishing family. He would just take us fishing. Yeah. So like you said, eventually some people you know kind of didn't like it so much. So I actually started. We would take turns fishing the Friday night tournaments, mm -hmm. and I would start buying the other person's turn. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's oh. all a lot of them cared about was getting the money. Yeah. So I told Absolutely. them, I said, "Hey, I'll oh. give you all the money we win plus twenty bucks if you, if you let me. You'll get twenty bucks no matter what. Yeah. And if we win, because my dad used to split the money with us too, because he yeah. was just cool like that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. So I tell him, I said, I'll, "I'll give you the money. I don't care. I just wanted to fish. Yeah. That's awesome. So man. that's how I, you know, got it. Got my foot in the door there, and <laughs> and really uh, showed that I was the one that wanted to do this, and everybody else, you know, they kind of do it for fun or whatever, but they didn't want to be competitive about it. Yeah. So. uh so yeah, so I fished with him for, sheesh, I don't know how many years, probably four or five years on Friday nights. Well, yeah, because in the beginning there, your dad was still fishing with Mr. Hardgrave. Yeah. So Hardgrave well, or Hardgrove? Hardgrave. Yeah. And, and then he was at the end too. It was kind of a, he was fishing with him for a little bit. And then he did the thing with, with the kids where he was working us up, working us in. And then, you know, like I said, I was the one who really wanted to do it. And then he got to the point again where he wanted to go back to Mr. Hardgrave because he was getting older. 
and he wanted to, you know, keep him alive and keep him going. So I went and fished with Randy, Randy Burgess. Yeah, you fished with Randy Burgess. Fished yeah. with him for a year or two. I fished with uh, Pete Powell, if you remember him. I remember Pete Powell, yeah. That crazy, crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> fished with him for a couple of years. So, I mean, I, I got to fish, and those were all some really good people that fished Medina. So, I mean, I yeah. got I got so, some so really you're, good you're experience. You're learning new techniques, oh, getting yeah. in different people's boats. I got a lot of good experience with, with those guys. Yeah. So, that's that's how I got ate up in the, in the tournament thing. I just... I saw what those guys were doing, and I knew that they had different things to offer. I just wanted to learn. Yeah, I mean, because I remember even some days, even if you didn't have a partner sometimes, I think oh, you yeah. would end up still going because if someone showed up without a partner, Junior would just go jump in the back of the boat with them. I would I would have my mom drive me to the lake sometimes just to see if anybody didn't have a partner. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, no, because then, I mean, it was crazy, the whole crew. I mean, because your, your Uncle Tim, he fished with Pete. Yep. Gostomsky, right? Yes, sir. That was his pretty solid tournament. But then, so then after Mr. Hardgrave ended up passing away, mm-hmm. I think that's when like you and your dad kind of like teamed back up, yeah, right? Yeah, Started fishing Bass Champ every once in a while. Yeah, so. exactly. Because y'all got a third place on Travis, right? Our first tournament ever, yeah. Our first Bass Champ, our first big tournament ever. We only fished Friday night tournaments up to that point. Yeah. yeah. So that was our cool. first big tournament. We got third place. So yeah, that that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember y'all fished the Friday night tournament. Yeah. That night. Yeah. And then we weighed in and drove up to Travis. Oh, back when we were young and we were mad at him. Yeah, dude? Like, exactly. Yeah, we slept on the weekend, dude. Like yeah. it was Friday nighters and then there was a tournament at Choke on Saturday. Yeah. And then we were off to like Amistad on Sunday oh, yeah. for a jackpot. Like we used to call that double dipping. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like exactly. a double dip of ice cream. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and that's what I think so cool because like I remember in the beginning, Junior was always just greg's son and now yeah we all say oh no did you talk to junior did you see how junior did and junior i mean of course i know you're 30 now but it's like the way you you've just evolved into your own person and your own fisherman and what you've done with the youtube channel and you know all of that stuff like it's dude it's awesome i I love it like you're you're not i don't consider you just you're not one of the, oh, yeah, this guy brought his son again. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, cool, you know? Yeah, you weren't the kid that was handed the iPad and thrown in the back of the boat. Oh, and no. he just sat there. Yeah, yeah. I'd have thrown like, the iPad in the water. Oh, this guy, <laughs> this, this, this guy brought his dad again. Here he goes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it was like, oh, shit, he brought his son again. We're all in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like, no, but that's, that, it's so crazy. And just like the passion that you have for fishing, I mean, Dude, you've done it in the Elite Bass Club with us. I mean, I remember fishing you fishing Friday nighters because y'all didn't have a motor on the back of your boat for a long, or not a long time, but for a couple of years yeah. on that old Charger. And, dude, it didn't matter if the club was going to Medina or Canyon. Dude, I got a trolling motor. Oh, he won one of the tournaments yeah, with his nephew with I know. no motor on yeah. the boat. No big motor at Canyon Lake, right? At Medina. Medina at Medina. Medina. Yep, no big State motor. Park. Yep. Exactly. Y'all never sure. left. <laughs> well, actually, we, we went all the way down to Angel Cove is where we really did our damage. Really? Yeah. Dude, I used to love Angel Cove. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we came around that corner, and they were just blowing up like crazy. So Dude, that's awesome. That's really what kind of did it for us. That's hilarious. Well, oh, that's some history and background from Junior. Like, I got to talk about some of the things that I think about. Like, I've been fishing. How long have we been fishing together, Stephen? Mm, five? Five, six, six five, years? Five, six years. So yeah. one of the first times I put this guy in my boat, we go to, um, to I take him to Dunlop, I think was one of our first early trips, a cold day on Dunlop. I'd never, never even knew what a swim jig was. I've heard about it mm-hmm. on the Elite Series, and I knew some people were doing damage with swim jigs. Yeah. 
And then I go and throw so you know, I take this guy in the back of my, we met because of, again, a fa- we're a mutual family friends. Our daughters are the same age. I met him through my brother. Uh, he shows up. And I think that for the time you were working or met somebody who was partners in Livingston Lures, correct? A grocery store owner who owned Livingston yeah, or was a, a part it, owner in Livingston. It's a long story, but he, he, he owns Livingston Lure. He, he, uh, he told me the story that a guy showed up one day with like 7,000 units mm-hmm. um, and said, hey, you know, like I want to get rid of these, uh, whatever. And, and he's like, I bought all 7,000. We rebranded, repackaged. And then like two years later, Randy Hall won and it just, yeah, and, and now the guy <laughs> drives a Ferrari and, yeah. and he's a good dude. He's a super good dude. I met him at, at, at one of my past Well, you know, guys. Randy Howe, let's not start drama here, dude, but Randy Howe didn't win on the Livingston. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, well, that's what, yeah. what's your, what, what yeah. do you say? I, and I, we'll stop I, the story there. I, I, know I, know, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm so indifferent to it. Like, I honestly had to look yeah. Randy Howe up before I did this interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Also, yeah, Stephen doesn't, follow, like, he's, he's a true urban angler. He's in the zone with himself and his zen is fishy and nature you catch snakes you catch frogs and unlike you junior which is not indifferent or better i'm just saying you'll catch anything that swims correct yeah um, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you're a lot I like clendon it. he reminds me of yeah. clendon like yeah, yeah. clendon is one of the best multi-species anglers i've ever met you know what i mean oh, yeah. and then so but junior similar to me like i will never go out and, and catfish i will never go set noodles when there's 10 pounders he's never gonna he's never gonna go fish for trout <laughs> yeah the coast, okay. <laughs> you know yeah. Fish for them, fish i've been trout. told you know <laughs> But so, so here's one of the questions I have for Steven, because yeah. you mentioned him going and fishing a tournament with you at Dunlop. Yeah, yeah. So no, it wasn't a tournament. It wasn't a tournament. Let me just finish. I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Yeah. I never knew what a swim jig was, dude. But at the end of that day's trip, I was taking pictures of Steven and some of my friends asked me, were y'all at, 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 at a Falcon today? He was holding up like four five and a half pounders, dude. And I never knew, I mean, I heard of the swim jig. I just didn't know what kind of damage. We were fishing lily pads mm-hmm. at, at the last stretch of Dunlop. If you've ever been to Dunlop, you know the lily pad stretch we're fishing. Yeah, for sure. And what happened was when we, it was a pre-fish. Now that I remember, it was a yep. pre-fish. Went back out like, the next day or two days later, and they were short striking that. That, they, they that's when they hit it the same. Then they, nothing they hit it the same. Nothing. Because yeah, you all educated them the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah let them well, it was, it was kind of new, the swim jig. I think you showed it to them, and I honestly think they kind of possibly knew it was coming. But but this is the point of the story is I asked Steven, I was like, dude, like, what are you, like, he was whooping my ass, like, hard. Like, I didn't, I don't know if I boated a fish that day, dude. I just got my ass whooped bad yeah. by my new friend, <laughs> who first of all thinks Livingston is good. Like, this guy doesn't know anything about fishing. <laughs> <laughs> And he's whooping my ass with a what? What is this? A swim jig? Like it was. Just, it was in just, the contract that Livingston was good. I had to. I went for the guy. And I asked him. The, this is my point of the story. It's like, dude, where did you get that lure? He's like, I don't know. I think I found it in a tree somewhere, dude, <laughs> on a bank fish. And that's not the first time. This story will even be shorter. Fast forward a couple years later, we're pre-fishing for Travis, one of the tournaments we won, and I'm throwing a 1.5, and then out of the back of my boat again, four pounder, five pounder, another four pounder. I turned around. I'm like, dude, what are you throwing? And he was like, oh, this little tiny little. The Bill Dance Excalibur, like a like a yes. six eight. Freaking love it, dude. And I found it. And then it was it was it was basically like you know, remember this was before Strike King came out with the 1.0 because yeah, then yeah. the secret was out is there was there there should have been a smaller than the 1.5. Well, Stephen was on this bite for a while and he got me onto it, helped me win some tournaments at at uh, Travis with it. But yes, and then I'm like, dude, where did you or how did you find out about the lure? I don't know, dude. I found it in like on the San Antonio River, and I just started casting yeah. it one day. And cast- so it's it's cool and how you could learn something, and then when people just have this simple trust, like of, of just to try a lure, and then sometimes it just it puts fish in the boat, dude. So you you put me on some bites that has helped me win money in our club, definitely, I, especially with the white swim jig. And it is stupid, 
I think that it's stupid, but people ask me what I use for bait and I tell them confidence. Oh, like, yeah. Every every time I cast uh, in my head, I'm going to catch something. So, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, but it's it, there's always the next cast. So what you know? what my question is leading into it, of course, Junior. We know you growing up, you were you were born into a competitive tournament fishing family. Yeah, Stephen, I'm curious, you growing up being a you know, like a lot, like so many people started fishing just in your neighborhood pond or a, or a creek or a river. What was the transition like the first time you jumped in the back of a high powered bass boat and like, I mean, and, and, and got to go out on a, a big, huge reservoir where you're not constricted to just where you can walk anymore. Like, what was that experience like? Uh, it's, it's a good question because, um, you know, it, when, when it comes to Mike, I think he, he doesn't, the, the competitive aspect doesn't leave him. So even when we're fun fishing, I still kind of felt like, <laughs> like he was, there was a goal. Was like, a yeah, someone's keeping you know score. I mean? Yeah. He's keeping track. He's setting waypoints. Like he's, he, there's something in mind that he's doing. He's following, he's following something. So, but it was fun. It was fun because yeah, you're right now. I'm, I'm, what, I'm, was that I'm the first time you were in a tournament style boat with, with, with I don't even know yeah this. yeah 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 my, Mike's Mike's boat was used to the, me Mike's boat right. was the first boat I'd ever been on good boat the to first be time in for the first time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about setting the bar high dude. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly that's why I'm gonna give it up for another 15 years uh, <laughs> but that was the first time I was casting towards the bank and pulling in uh, wow. you know what I mean or pulling out as I should say yeah. uh you're the pullout king dude yeah well you know <laughs> was, again my sex drugs and rock and roll talking about uh but um, yeah, no, it was it, it was it was it was good. It was good, but uh, because because it wasn't long after that I was in a tournament with Mike that I, I didn't like that aspect of it. Yeah. One because um, I'm on someone else's dime most of the time. Mike pays for me. Don't worry, just come. I got you. Fish out the back of the boat. I got you. Um, and, and I didn't I didn't like that aspect because I want to I want to be able to experiment. Like it wasn't a fully realized experience for me. Um, I was, um, I felt I was still hindered and I felt there were still parameters in which that I, I couldn't, I couldn't go outside of. So it, as great as it was, if I ever had the freedom to just be like, well, here's your boat, you know, like we're going to take you out and you do whatever you want to do, then it would be a totally, totally different experience. Um, so, yeah. Well, we'll have to make that happen, dude, because I, you're, you're a buddy of mine. I, I trust you with my, my, my daughter. That's why we're friends, right? Like, <laughs> so if I can trust you taking my daughter to the park, dude, you can borrow the boat whenever you want to borrow it. Dude. <laughs> well, but I understand the pressure that puts on. But I, let me help you ask, answer that question because I'll tell you how Steven's first day on the back of a, a high-powered tournament bass boat was. He was not impressed. And I, and I love that about him because it took him out of his element, dude. Like he had to really figure some, like this wasn't the Zen that he, Steven is a very high thinking person. He's a very smart person. And that's what it was. It's just like, oh, I got to learn like a, like I've been doing, like my muscle memory is so good from the bank. Mm -hmm. Like I got to figure out a new way to do this. Nah, put me back on the bank, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's what it felt like. I, and I wasn't offended by it. I like, I was old enough at that point and had enough life experience yeah, to not true. be like, this dude doesn't like my fancy bass boat it's just like no he already had his way of doing it yeah. and it's not to say that we didn't have we and and i i i bring him out whenever i can or 
or uh, sometimes uh, there was a time like junior when we fished together that you had to leave the Houston, you had a family emergency. Yeah. I think you jumped in the back mm -hmm. of the boat and went to choke with me that time or we went over that. So Steven, I understand like he's not drooling at the mouth to go tournament bass fish with me, but he is always down to fish if he's free. And he's also and also just some background. And I know Steven doesn't care if this, but he's a, he's a single dad as well. So and he loves his daughter to death. Like his daughter is first in his life and everything else is second. So if Steven is free, it's not his first choice to go tournament fishing. But if you can let a if, if he the can opportunity line, presents itself, yeah, you're in. And I was going to say, every time uh -huh. Mike has presented that opportunity, it's been at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> the day before the tournament. Sounds about right. Sounds hey, about right. sorry I'm late, but can you fish a tournament tomorrow? And, and nine times out of ten, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's yep. do it. Yep. So you, you mentioned the pressure and the, and the kind of out. and kind of the uneasiness you felt the first time. Now that you've fished multiple times with Mike, whether it just be fishing for fun or fishing in a tournament with the club, has has that pressure or that uneasiness subsided a little bit? Like, have you kind of learned the way of the, the lay of the land a little bit? I mean, has it gotten easier? Uh, yeah, but again, I feel like every time we go out, since it's not my boat, since it's not my dime, it's... I'm, I'm always going to have that. I'm always going to have that feeling. And, you know? I, and I get that. I, it, the one thing I love about it, and I know that it's not done, quote unquote, um, bass fishing from a boat is always going to be something that I'm going to be down to do because I know that I do enough bank fishing that I, that, and, and I catch them. Fishing from a boat is, is it just opens up a whole nother world for me. Yeah. Because, and I, and I hear Mike talk about it all the time. We did this, we did this, we did. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but you didn't do it like I would do it. And that's how I have to think about every angler. When they say, oh, let's try this. Well, no, so, you know, so-and-so was doing it yesterday and he didn't catch anything off it. I don't care what he was doing. That dude ain't me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, and, 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 and that's the confidence I have in it. I don't care what people are doing. They're not doing it my way. Last uh, one of the last ones y'all talked about um, your last episode, you talk about the gentleman who goes out and fishes a point from all different angles. Yeah. And you said he fishes it from four angles. To me, that's not all different angles. That's only four angles. Yeah. You can, you know what I mean? There's if you if you do it from a clock, you've got 12 different angles that you can absolutely fit. and it's that sometimes that's the difference between a bite and not a bite. Yeah. Right. Like so, like yeah. you fish it at a 90 degree angle. And then you move over a whole 90 degrees. Yeah, you're missing. You miss the 45 so degree angle. For sure. And you... Yeah. And, and and I know it's trivial, but I bank fish enough to it's it's I'm not making it up. You know what I mean? Like the stats show that, like, well, why are you catching it there? Because I'm just fishing at a slightly different angle than yeah. you're fishing. And and like you said, when you're stuck on a bank and you, you know, some of these places y'all go to, like I've ventured out to some of the ponds and stuff around San Antonio. We were talking about Tom Slick earlier before we got on the air and stuff like that. You know, some of those places you weave your way down and you're in one little spot. Yep. Dude, you're standing in one spot yeah, and you're yeah. you're just casting. But how do you maximize that? Yeah, you yeah. make a cast every, here. Every angle, you move yeah. three feet over, mm -hmm. make another cast. You move three feet over, make another cast until you figure out, hey, I'm getting bite. I'm getting bit every time I do this. Yeah. And you, and it's, it's and a you lot take like, that and you apply it to whatever whatever other area of that pond that you're going to be able to absolutely. Yeah. And it's exactly. one of those things you realize, like what, from the episodes talking with the last two of being about kayak fishermen, is they fish coves a lot different than we do in a bass boat because they don't they can't they're not they don't have the whole they're not as quick to access the whole rest of the lake. We talked about off air how they can get to different points of the lake, but they get there at four or five miles an hour. 
not 75 miles an hour, you know? Yeah. yeah so, exactly. so before they leave a cove or a grass flat or a, or a no, grass plane, no stone unturned. Exactly. That's what one of the guys said on your podcast is. And then that's why they catch more fish in a cove that we thought was dead. It's just because they're forced to hit it from different angles. Yeah. 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 That's one of the, yeah. that's one of my, I guess uh, the thing that, that that's most challenging for me is when Mike and I pull up at a spot and we've quote unquote beat the bank, like he runs through it and I'm thinking, okay, you understand that when I go fish a spot, I'll fish this spot for four hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have not, you have not, yeah. broke, you didn't 50, bring it down. A 50 yeah. yard yeah. stretch will take you four hours. Yeah. Yeah. It took him four minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, didn't, you didn't break it down. Yeah. But to his point, there's, you know, what, a hundred, a hundred other, hundred miles of that yeah. that we've got to go through. So, yeah. So as a uh, tournament bass boat angler, we're looking for the bank that has them firing. We're yeah, not, yeah. not going to wait for them to fire. For sure. And see, this kind of yeah. relates back to like, you're talking about like breaking it down. Yeah. It reminds me of like junior when you're stuck fishing a tournament and you don't have a big motor and yeah. all you have is the trolling motor. It kind of forces you to do that same thing. Yep. It, it makes you think a little more. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it really does. It makes it you, does. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you're able to go, like you said, just move around and move around here, move around yep. there, you're kind of fishing what they call like fishing history. Like you're just doing it because you've done that before. Yeah. 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 You're not really making sense of it in your mind sure. at the moment. You're just yeah. trying to hurry up and get there. You're yeah. Just, yeah. You're just trying to get there because you've done it before. Yeah. Well, yeah. if I've never, if I have not even fished, because I hadn't even fished that stretch of bank that we ended up catching them on, I hadn't fished that in I don't know how long. Yeah. <laughs> And you but, were forced to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, but I was yeah. forced well, to be there that yeah. day, and it was the winning spot. When we yeah. talk about this so with good. a lot of tournament anglers, often it's sometimes better to have less options, and not just with rods in the boat, but with the amount of spots that you can get oh, yeah. in a day. So if you have less options, yeah. then it forces you. And both of you guys, these guys, I haven't fished a lot with Josh in the tournament boat before, but you guys are both way better at fishing slower than I am. Unless, yeah. unless I'm in... 20 to 25 feet of water, then Pinpoint I slow down. Yes, yeah. exactly. If I'm fishing a, dip, a specific ledge or a point or a rock pile, then I slow down. But if I'm fishing one to five feet of water, it's yeah. usually on the trolling motor on nine. Yeah. 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 So. And, 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 and it's weird how you talk yeah. about, you know, yeah. figuring it out and finding the fish. Like we talked about when we had Kyle on, yeah. you know, five or six weeks ago, yeah. right after Bass Champs, you know, that day that we won, dude, we fished a hundred a hundred yard by hundred yard stretch for eight hours. Mm -hmm. We never even fired up the big motor. Mm -hmm. We literally put the boat in the water, drove over there and we spent all day there. So yeah. And that's just, and we so just, dope. yeah. And it's, but you talk about slowing down. We literally left no stone unturned. We just, every different direction, every different angle, any, anything different to get a bite. Hey, we haven't got a bite doing this in a while. Let's move over here and change directions and, but that is a compilation of time spent on the water. Absolutely. Boat, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's because yeah. they knew because of the amount of hours and practice they'd done that big fish had been biting there. So now it's a matter of like you're saying, um, hitting it from every angle, leaving no stun unturned. And then now you're waiting for them to fire. Y'all yeah. did y'all's homework and knew they were yeah. going to bite at some point. And then some days on tournament day, they sometimes don't, they don't, they don't, yeah. or they don't start biting until four and we'll never know. Yeah. But yeah. that's what it is. But it's, what's crazy is I think growing up doing what y'all did or do still if you ever got the opportunity to run the boat yourself, like it's crazy how much more stuff I think y'all would pick up on that we would like 
nope, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's more, but it's definitely would be different. Different. Yes, you know yes, I mean? yes. Yeah, because not again, not to take anything away from what's been done. Obviously, there's the science behind it, and, and y'all again, y'all have the stats to show that what we what we do works. Yeah. I just feel like there's an aspect of it that is being missed and that could be because well, I don't have the time you know what I mean you don't when you don't have the time to be out there all, all day and the lake is big and it's a numbers game and you know for what whatever and it, and it's worked for you before I'm not one to jump in a boat and be like hey let's do it this way yeah I know exactly I'm just I'm not yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, no yeah. But, well yeah. hey let's go ahead and wrap this second segment up here we're running out of time on our 30 minutes but then we're going to get back in this all right so back again with our third segment and one of the things we were talking about a little bit off air, and I know, Mikey, this is a topic you wanted to talk to Stephen and Junior about, was mm -hmm. do you feel like there it is? There's the sirens. <laughs> Will. There you go. Pay your rent, Will. <laughs> but do you feel like because you're not in a boat, like you hear people, <laughs> what's the thing? Oh, you're at one with nature or whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like being on that water's edge and watching those fish and casting to those fish. And even if you can't see them, knowing that they're there because you are fishing in a, like a, a confined area more so than being in a boat. Do you feel like y'all have picked up on things that a person that's fished in his boat the whole life hasn't ever even thought about? Oh, of course. I mean, even like I said, like waiting the river and stuff, even being in the water, you pick up on the different temperature changes and just, a foot or two of water you wouldn't think right yeah you you but get to an area in, that's three foot and all of a sudden your feet get yeah. cold mm -hmm. and you're like oh that's what they're doing here and that's juicy man. yeah yeah or or you just see like a you, there's a certain you know way that the water turns or whatever and you're like oh i've never seen that before and that's yeah. why that bait fish is pushed over there or whatever i mean you just you start to learn how water works. It, it yeah. sounds stupid or whatever. No, but, but just, that's... No, I, like last... I, recently, I was at Canyon Lake. Uh, I'm sorry, at, at um, I was some buddies at uh, LBJ, but I, we, we didn't go fishing. We were just going to get on a boat. But I remember yeah. being in one area, and the water just felt like pissy warm, and it stagnant, wasn't stagnant. Yeah. And then I was just like, yeah, this is weird. You take a few steps over by a ledge, and all of a sudden, you feel water flowing, and it's colder. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, there's bait fish. And, <laughs> and then, yes, and, and then all yeah. of a sudden, you're getting your nipples bit on by little bait fish. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's funny Those because yeah. bait fish, Mike. well, you know, and I never <laughs> that was my <Marisa. laughs> and I never really paid that much attention to it on the freshwater side. But like mm -hmm. fishing down at the coast, you know, one of the big things to do down there is you wade fish. You talk yep. about wading the river. Yeah. Well, wading flats and stuff at the coast is big. And you listen to a lot of the old timers talk about how feeling what the bottom is under mm -hmm. your feet. Mm -hmm. Like you'll be walking down a bank and it's muddy, muddy, muddy. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you get a bite. Okay. You fish a little further, you get a bite. And then you realize that then when you get to the part where you were getting bit and now you're standing there, now all of a sudden you've got a crunch under your feet because there's bottom. some oyster shell down right. there uh, or there and you're going, well, shit, everywhere I, every time I got a bite in this spot, this is why, yeah. like, you know, and I guess those are little things you never pick up on being in a boat. Never. No. I think that, um, obviously, you know, if, if you start off as, as a younger angler and, and, and you do it our way from, from the bank or you're in the confinements of not being in a boat, um, because you can get in the boat and the, the boat's going to tell you the depth, the water temperature, you know, everything you're going to want to know we don't have that luxury so the way we have to do it is actually be a part of it 
and, and, and put ourselves out right. of it and yeah. feel the water movement, the, t- the temperature, like Greg said. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I, I feel like, I feel like there's, there's so much more you can do in a boat. I feel like obviously places you can hit, but, um, if you don't have, if you don't have those means, um, being on, being on the bank, uh, it, yeah, you can, you can get a lot from it. Yeah. And, and, then, and then there's big fish to be caught as well. Like I remember even when my son was young and, and when I was in a tin boat or I was between boats, when I had my business was young and stuff, sometimes I would sell my boat because we needed money, you know, yeah. or because I just knew like, Oh, my daughter was just born. I got a, I got a four year old and a newborn. Like I'm not going to get in that boat very often. Let me sell this and throw some money in, in the savings account or something, you know? And so, I mean, it's not like I've never fished from the bank, but I do remember on 151 and 410 behind the Home Depot, there was some ponds back there and I was in between boats. And I remember taking a white flute back there, weightless, and throwing it by some cattails and catching a six pound bass. And it blew my mind. Like there's six pounders in this mud hole, dude. Like when something started pulling on it, I thought it was snagged or I hooked like a, I don't know, a a beaver or something. Dude, and when I saw that fish jump and I mean, it wasn't, dude, it couldn't have been much bigger than like half not even a quarter of a football field really you know it was a very small pond and it was the biggest fish still to this day that i've ever caught out of a pond you know and it really opened my eyes to that's the other thing i like about wading river too is when those fish jump they're at eye level (laughs) (laughs) that's so that's cool so (laughs) one one of the things i i thought was very interesting and i'm curious to get your take on it Stephen, is we know you fish the san antonio river a lot well during covid dude how much did that river change without those barges running up and down it every single day? I mean, I saw people post pictures to where, like, you're seeing the bottom in four feet. And I'm like, dude, when those barges are running, it's you so don't dirty. see four yeah. inches. Yeah. yeah. So, did I, the fishing I, get any better? I feel like I, I, I fished it enough to know that it, it, during in the wintertime, in the wintertime, it gets pretty clear. Um, and the, but the water temperature doesn't change much. You can put your hands in there, and it's amazing how warm the water is still. Wow. Uh, one of the things uh, in, like, I guess, the, uh, at the same time as um, the barge is not running with COVID, uh, people were doing more. You know what I mean? They're, I a guess they were, they were they were doing a lot more fishing. So there was a lot more people, even though the barges weren't running. There yeah, was a lot more that, lines yeah, in the water. So it definitely had that that that, that balance. Yeah, that yeah but I was just amazed seeing those pictures of how clear the river got. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. and I and I knew you fished down there, so I was like man, I wonder if the fishing's just like off the hook now that it's clear. But I guess if those fish live their whole lives in mud, yeah. maybe it takes a little while for them to mm-hmm. change and adapt. And it's and... never, it's never really muddy. Um, it, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the, what the definition or what the, what the term would be called. Almost panic. Is what yeah. Call without the, without the orange and brown, it's more yeah, of a yeah. greenish tannic. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird. Um, and I know people who won't who, who won't fish muddy water, hmm. um, even if it's naturally muddy water, like live oak. Live oak's a naturally muddy muddy lake. And, yeah. But fish gotta eat. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, I prefer to fish when it's tannic. Um, Off color. I, I, yeah, I don't like fishing clear water, and I don't like fishing muddy water, but I will. Um, and I caught one of those uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I went down and it rained, and I was walking it. It was it was chocolate milk, and I'm like, man, I, I don't know if it, but I'm I'm feeling it right. And so I fished the spot. I fished again 15, maybe 15 to 20 feet and ran it about four or five times downstream. What were you throwing? Uh, Texas rig with a trick worm, but a 
about an inch torn off. I don't ever use a full tr trick where my eye takes gotcha. it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you just pull it slowly, what it looks like is it looks like a dying fish. And it pops, and then it looks like a dying fish. Mm -hmm. And it's normally on the drop right before it hits is when you'll hit, when you'll hit. Boom, 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 nothing. Right? So I walked up to, uh, you know, about maybe 100 yards, and then I was done. And I was coming back, and I'm like, you know what? Let me hit the spot again. And I fished at the exact same spot, but now coming upstream. The opposite direction. Caught a four-pounder. Nice. Yeah. Dude, so, that's and, and, and I was looking at it going, you know, I just fished this spot 15 minutes ago for 15 minutes straight and didn't get anything. And all I did was change the direction. Mm -hmm. Catch a four pounder in muddy water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, I, one of the things that I talked about, you guys. And it was a San Antonio River. So it was yeah. not tr traditionally muddy. Yeah. You know, it was just one of those things. The fish got to eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, uh, so there's so much to talk about with guys like you with so much years of fishing experience from a fishing family, from just spending, I mean, hundreds i don't know thousands of hours on the san antonio river at this point um but one thing to be said because i've spent a lot of time with you guys either i've fished with you in creeks before i've fished with you in ponds you know um you, we've also been in the boat but but the one thing that resonates true with both y'all because i fish with y'all a lot is the fish iq is off the chart and that's something that i talk with a lot with my fishing buddies that there's certain people that have been fishing that have all the right stuff have the bass boats they have the trucks they have all the gear they have seven hundred dollar rods and reels you know and they just they just don't have a high fish iq you know um but it's just and that's something what it takes and then also a passion for it too a love for it too not not you know just but that's something that really jumps out that i want people to know about you guys with your channel hopefully because they're going to learn from your channel you share a lot of information mm -hmm. and and i think that's why you fit in so good with even with elite not that we're the only people that do it but we we share a lot of info you know and that's yeah. what i love about the club too um, Steven, on the other hand, doesn't share shit with nobody, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, but I understand like he's also fishing very small bodies of water. And that's something I was asking him, like, Hey, how much can we ask you about where you like to fish or how much can you give yeah, yeah. us about your areas? Because I know he doesn't want them to go get raped or anything, but it, no, it, it's not that I, I would yeah. like to, I would actually like to have another, um, maybe a future podcast about the sustainability aspect of, of course it. Yes, that, yeah that, for sure I, I i don't i don't mind a place being pressured because if if people are catching them great if they're you know if, if not professional but if they know what they're doing that's okay come fish this spot like you're not going to be doing what i do so yeah. i know i'm going to catch them yeah. but if you come to this spot and you don't handle the fish properly and you are a threat to the environment and yeah. to the, the ecosystem I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not going to put them on blast. If, if you don't care. Or all of a sudden a bunch of people start showing up and taking the fish and home. Taking the right. fish out. Yeah. yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of reasons I don't want people fishing the spots that I fish. Of course. And because you're going to catch them also is not one of them. Of course. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. You want, nice you want everybody to have yeah. that same experience Fun. and joy that you do. I would do. love it. Yeah, but I would you, love it. But unfortunately, from what we see on the bank sometimes, sometimes you go to Choke Canyon, you go to the end of that rock line where everybody launches at, and you see yeah. somebody set up and completely leave all their beer bottles, all their trash, all Soft their fish. plastics. They're yeah. going to end up in the water, and those fish are going to eat them. Yeah, exactly. So, and that is something when I, because we've been trying, I've been trying to get these guys together for a couple of months now, you know, and yeah. you know, we're all busy, we're all working. So I'm super happy to have y'all here. Y'all are fish heads, y'all are nuts. Y'all got mental problems of how much money and time, and I love it. That's the people we want on this show, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's just there's not enough time in the, in the day to ask you guys about, like, all the stuff and how you do things differently. But if there's one spot, Stephen, that's special to you or that 
that you could share or talk about on the San Antonio River or any of the creeks or because it's not just the San Antonio. You live on the by the San Antonio River, mm -hmm. right, walking distance, mm -hmm. um, but you fish all over the place. But is there a spot that just jumps out to you that like, man, if you guys and not to the guy who's just ready to get on his GPS and jump in his expensive. No, truck. but I'm just curious, not yeah. even exactly a specific spot, but if you could wake up tomorrow morning and pick any spot in urban San Antonio that you want to go fish. Yeah. Conditions are perfect. Everything's perfect. Yeah. What would be your dream day? Would it be the San Antonio River? Would it be Woodlawn Lake? Would it be, you know, Tom Slick Park? What, where, where's not your kryptonite, but where's your happy place? Well, the, I guess the best part about this answer is because I, I don't have to be, I, I'm going to be cryptic without being cryptic is if I say the San Antonio River, I can name 12 different locations on the San Antonio well, River. Well, absolutely. Yeah. So it's got to be that. Okay. It's got to be that because not that they all fish differently, but they are all individual. Well, and that's, and that's not cryptic because it's if someone asked me the same question, it's going to be the same question. It's just going to be phrased differently. <laughs> Mike's going to ask me, dude, if you can hook up your boat tomorrow and go fish any lake, where are you going to go? And I'm going to say Amistad. It's my favorite place in the world. Yep. It's my favorite lake to fish, hands down, like just like you. That's why I asked, not really necessarily a spot, sure. but mm -hmm. if you know. Which body of water? It, yeah, right? if, yeah, if, if, you, if you know, hey, yeah, dude, I got, I got five hours tomorrow morning that mm -hmm. I can go do whatever mm -hmm. I want. That's your that's your your spot. And there's, you know, five spots, maybe even. More, and again, I said 12, but there's probably more. But there's there's multiple spots that are in walking distance from each other. So, and just going to one spot, you know, you can hit five other spots. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, so for that reason, the San Antonio rivers is, is where you go. For, if, you have yeah, a day, if you have a day to go catch them. Nice, yep. man. Very, very cool. Yep, yep. What about you, Junior? And not in your big boat. I was going to say that. <laughs> well, actually, I'm curious. What would be your big yeah, boat give us spot? Both. Or yeah, or, or no, not both yet. Which one, if you can do that, or what are these days are you picking? Are you picking an urban setting or are you on the bass boat? If camp? I could just go anywhere just to have fun for the day, like yeah. I'm, I'm going to have the most fun today for sure. I have all the time in the world or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to go to the river. Really? Yeah. In, a, in a kayak. Yeah. In, a, in a kayak. Yeah. That's cool. Go. I'll go to the Medina River. And just kayak and just, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, is it, isn't your biggest fish eyeballing not on the scales out of the middle? Yeah. yeah, 10 plus for sure. If it, yeah. you would have had a scale, because you know big fish, you've caught big fish. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, she, she was 10 pounds. 10 pounds. <laughs> uh, what did you catch that one on? Uh, that's actually a crazy story. I'll tell it real quick. That was on a, uh, a rage toad, which is a top water bait, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't on top. That fish was actually on a bed, is what happened. Okay. And it was right at dark. It was actually the first day that I ever recorded for my YouTube channel. Wow. The first time I'd ever went out with a GoPro. And I knew nothing at all about it. So I had my <laughs> GoPro and one battery, which oh. I had no idea. Only lasts you an hour and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I record for a little while and I realized like halfway or not, not even halfway, I yeah. realized, you know, partway through the day, how fast the battery's going down. I'm yeah, like, yeah, crap, yeah. I got to start managing this or whatever. Right. So we catch a couple of nice fish that I get on camera or whatever, and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. But then right at the end of the day, I don't have any more of my battery's completely dead Yeah. and it's just about to get dark. And this fish follows up that, that rage toad and turn back around. It went over to a to a hole in the grass that I couldn't really because I said like I said it was like right at dark so I couldn't yeah. really tell if it was a bed or what exactly was going on. Yeah. All I know is that this fish went back over and turned 180 and just sat right in that one spot. So I just let my race toe drop in front of her, and I couldn't even see where my bait was. I was just holding it there, and I could tell that she was turning up. I could see her tail all going real close to the surface and stuff. Yeah. 
all of a sudden I just saw her gills flare and I didn't even feel it. I just reeled down, set, set the hook and she's boiling up and my my dad grabbed her and I'm like, dude, <laughs> we could have had this on camera if I didn't just know what I was doing. Like, Dang oh it. my God. So and awesome. we forgot our scale. Yeah, and I didn't have a scale or nothing. It was a 10. I, I didn't even cool. think to take measurements or anything. Like, it was, no, but yeah. I was double. just so mind blown at the time. I didn't really care to be honest. So, you know, if, you, awesome. so if you can hook up the boat and go anywhere, where are you going? Probably Amistad. Amistad. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. It's my friggin love dude yeah oh yeah have we been on amistad together steven no i, I could tell you about amistad all the time but oh. we need to go we need to go i tell my wife that's my uh, amistad's Del my Del Rio. amistad's my west texas mistress dude. oh yeah when, with uh sierra yes like you, sierra. yeah you fished the same yeah, tournament did, well, that right. wasn't a good that wasn't a good weekend for no, you no, because no, the no. guy it rained got, on me and i yeah, yeah 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 got my got your fancy shoes wet yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steven, Steven had just had his hair dead, and then it rained, dude. Now, he got in a boat with somebody who was just not having a good weekend or, like, whatever. People hey, we days. all have those we days, have dude. Days. I've, I've been rude to people. And, and you, you, can ima- you can imagine the, the pressure I feel when I get into Mike's boat and how yeah. comfortable I am around him. Yeah. And then boat. now you got and, a new perfectly boat. stranger's boat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, and to I, speak to Junior, to your story about changing batteries, like, if you don't, if you've never run GoPros, or, or and I haven't either, I, I bought one and I just, I tried it once and I couldn't do it, you know, because it distracted me too much. But speaking about the battery situation, I was blown away when you were in my boat, like how often you have to change it. Like that's a part of your fishing day. Oh, yeah. It's changing batteries. Yeah, Especially yeah, if you're yeah. going to record the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you say that burns up out of your day? Like a solid 20 minutes of casting or 15 minutes? Mm. A decent amount of time. I've become a lot more proficient at it now yeah. to where I would say it's only about 5, 10 minutes. Five, but, day. Yeah. But, but 5 but to that, 10 minutes? That could make a difference. A yeah. f- 5 to 10 minutes of a rod in a Westall's hands is like 970 casts. The 10 minutes I have allotted in the day so I can eat my sandwich, dude. I ain't got time to be changing batteries. Yeah. Well, I also try to time it you know, at times where I'm... You of know, course, it's a downtime or, or if y'all are running, yeah, you know, to another spot or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. No, that's super dope. It's been it's been crazy to have these. I mean, I have so many questions, but then we'd be here for three hours. Yeah, no, exactly. But I definitely think this deserves a part two at some know. point. Yeah, like you said, especially you, Stephen, being a guy and that fishes small bodies. I would love to hear your take on you know, like you talked about conservation and you know stuff like that about things getting exploited and stuff because we might not ever see it on a big reservoir like Amistad that's 80,000 acres. But when you're talking about the impact isn't as drastic. Exactly. A hundred, a hundred people fishing on Amistad is nothing for sure. You go put a hundred people fishing on the San Antonio river. It's devastating. Yeah. And the same thing with the tournament, right? you go catch some bass and there's, you know, on a hot summer day uh, at Amistad, um, well, I mean, Falcon, it matters Falcon, now because how low yeah. it is and choke it matters right now. I mean, but there's still thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of fish in there, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't bother. I mean, it does. It bothers every serious tournament angler every time they see a fish floating. Yeah. Like if it yes. doesn't bother you, then you're. Yeah. Something's, you got, yeah. Something's you got to check your head. But again, 10, even even 10 fish floating on Amistad does nothing to the fishability of that lake. But yeah. if you go down to La Gloria and there's four I saw Three one. Pounds. There was yeah. one largemouth bass floating the other day. It was about a, almost a two pounder, man. Yeah. And I was just like, 
you know, your heart sinks. Because yes. It's like, dude, yeah, yeah, exactly, it's, such exactly. a, it's such a loss. And, 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 and it's, you know, the trickle effect is. And it was avoidable, probably, right? Like, prob- you had prob- yeah, fish, prob- so, probably, so. you know, I mean, it's speculative, but. Yeah, again. I think a good part, too, with you guys would be separate because there's so much meat here. You know, there's so much juice here mm-hmm. that we I'd like to hear a lot more about Stephen's angles on because uh, he is a conservationist for sure. When I took this guy down the Falcon to my place, me, me and my brother and our, and our daughter, all of our daughters went. The first thing he did was get down by the boat ramp and then find a bunch of snakes entangled in the cast net and start cutting out snakes. And I'm like, yeah, what we'll are save you? like five snakes. Yes. <laughs> there are five snakes caught in, on a, in a cast net. Yes. And, and then so he, he spent a good part of his fishing that <laughs> afternoon. Like we were just fishing singles on the side and having fun with our daughters. But this guy's over here rescuing snakes out of the throat. You know, so, and yeah. that's his heart. Like, hey, but, no, but we got to I got to give it up to Greg, too, because there was an episode. Remember when y'all were uh, was it uh, at Elmendorf? Elmendorf and they were doing the the dragging oh yeah, yeah during yeah. the spawn and right, you know and, and there they are on video like talking to the officials saying hey you know can can, can y'all pick the different time to do this and of course yeah. it probably wasn't on their radar right that's two different departments yeah they're getting right? told by the city hey you yeah, need to go do this. this yeah exactly they're, the thoughts not even there so um to not only advocate on it and to be that champion but to do it on a uh on a platform that if people were going to watch it and, and want to see you fish, there's a big part of what you do that is determined by their actions and, and, and what they were doing. So right. it was super dope when I saw it. I no, like, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, even back to the days when I first started fishing those Friday nighters, like junior, your family as a whole, I can always remember, dude. I mean, let's face it. It doesn't matter if you're fishing from the bank, if you're fishing in a bass tournament, if you're fishing, whatever. There's going to be casualties. It's just an unfortunate circumstance of what we do. You catch enough fish, not all of them are going to make it. But the one thing I will say is when it comes to the Westalls, even today in Elite with Mike and Jesse, there are fish that die, but there isn't a single fish when these guys are around that ever gets wasted. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't get yeah. thrown in a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't get thrown back in the water. Oh. I mean, and I have respect for people that like, that at least care about the resource enough to where they realize, hey, yes, it, it's a very small percentage, but I don't care if it's 1%. Yeah. That just doesn't need to be discarded in the in the trash can, you know? Sure. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, and I learned from Junior. I watched him when he was in my boat. He'd always be the first one to volunteer. Like, hey, if there's dead fish, I'll take them home. You oh, know yeah. What I mean? yeah. And then, and then that pushed me to get my own. I had a I had a fillet knife, and I think one time Stephen, you and your daughter came over, and I spent like 19 hours filleting like four fish <laughs> with like a manual knife, you know. And then Junior yeah, was like, was so dull, like, yeah, man. dude, like let's just get an electric knife, dude. It'll be so, a lot yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Gonna and, comb, yeah. Gonna and comb my hair with that knife, dude. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yes, I think a, a part two, but but not because you guys don't mesh well or because you don't like each other, anything ridiculous like that. It's just there's a lot. But of that juice. way, each one of y'all yeah. can get even yeah. more in depth and about what you about yeah, what yeah, y'all yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, exactly. Greg could talk forever about where what what where he's been and how it started, what he does now. I mean, I again, can talk forever just about topwaters. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously, seriously. Yeah. But but what I like about you, Stephen, also is because I know Junior a lot more than I know you, mm-hmm. just because I've been around him longer. For sure. But what really intrigues me about you is how you associate the fishing. I don't want to say on a deeper level than all we than all of us do, because I feel like we all have that same passion for the fishing. But I feel like with you, it hits just a little different, mm-hmm. you know, because. You know, just from your experience of growing up fishing, 
and then getting out of it for 15 years and then getting drawn back to mm -hmm. it. And now, you know, I, I like hearing. It sounds like a religion. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, sounds and, like it's spiritual. And no, exactly. And I think all of us feel that sense of spiritualness and everything when we're out on the water, especially in, you know, nature, God's creation, whatever you want to call it. But I like how, you know, I like hearing that, you know, the way it affects you differently. Like you hear Mike talk about just, hey, I'm in my space. I'm in this. But, you know, that I, I really would like to touch more on that. And also with you, Junior, that's why I think each of them on their own individual segment, we'd be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. I, and, and just just so you know, it's it, it would it helps me as well. I feel like I feel like I don't I I fear that I don't have answers. Um, and so just having conversations about it, just freely right. associating. Dude, y'all are my, y'all are my therapists. Dude, dude, this, is, this is therapy sessions. It is. Really, this is, this is therapy session for sure. And it's, no, it, and, and, and we've, and we've talked about it. Like, this will be just an ending statement, but we talk about hanging out on Friday night with the boys before a tournament and yeah. talking and everything. Yeah. Kyle and I mentioned it. Yeah. That Sunday drive on the way home after a successful tournament. Oh. We talked for like 30 minutes yeah. max. Yeah. Every time we leave the lake and we had a mediocre or bad tournament, yeah. dude, from Del Rio all the way back to San Antonio, we're like talking to each other on the phone the whole time because we're in About separate. Yeah, what yeah, could we yeah. have done yeah. and reliving yeah. the whole experience and just like Great that's how addicting it is to get to the next, yeah. you know, yeah. to figure them out. Me and I need to get out on the water. We, need, we, oh, we yeah. need to meet up. We've out of yeah. all the times that, that I've been out, I've only think I ran into you once. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he wasn't even fishing. You were, no. you, were, you were, yeah. I think we were boat scouting for a, a a bed, which I don't fish during the spawn. I was I was it, about to say, dude. I yeah. think you going up and wading the river with him, or you getting with him down on the San Antonio, dude. Y'all would freaking have be, a blast. Yeah, that, that should be on. That should be a YouTube post like a, a channel and also before we go i just i i want to definitely thank mike for even starting this whole deal uh, uh um but as far as getting us on and um and for you josh to to, to have us on to have me on thank you so oh, much dude. Yeah. Um, of course it, it, and i'm excited about coming back i, I there, again we could talk about it forever absolutely we really good it's it's that philosophical that, that i don't have answers and that is one of the things i think the big thing that keeps me there yeah, is that there is no there, there's 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 no absolution to it. It's yeah. the relentless pursuit. Yeah, it's the <laughs> relentless pursuit. I like that, yeah, Junior. That's how it ends, yeah. Hey, exactly. well, thank you both, and you as well, Junior. Yeah. We need to. We definitely need to get together. And yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, hey, this, this concludes the first church and nothing but the truth segment. <laughs> the Wednesday night. <laughs> that's right. But thanks again to our sponsors: Will Fish Tackle Marine, uh, Mikey G, Ace Screen Graphics, and then of course your. Uh, Fishing Lodge down on Falcon. I just rolled in from there this morning. Dude. Yeah. I just cleaned it up, did the yard. Y'all go stay down at Casa yeah. Pescador. Casa Pescador. And then, of course, Last Call Guide Service. Sydney, y'all are looking for guide trips down at the coast. Hit me up. I'll take you to catch trout, even though, Mike, you don't. <laughs> but everybody, enjoy y'all's week, and we'll catch y'all next time. Thanks, guys. Yeah.